Hello and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jacob Milham, and joining me as always, it's Mondays with Max, Max Reaper. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Jacob. How's your, how's your new year so far? You know what? Going pretty smoothly so far. Um, oddly enough, I christened in this, uh, this one. No, I guess it's not the first Sunday, but I christened in today with watching House of Wax for some reason. Um, I've never actually seen that movie. Have you? Is it so? Aren't there, is there are a couple different versions of it? Uh, oh, price. Which, which year are we talking about this? Oh, this oh yeah, that's right. It, it's a remake. So I watched the 2005 one with uh, okay with Jared Paladecki and Paris Hilton of all people. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that was uh, like, was that was that an Oscar nominated film? Uh, no, actually, surprisingly not. So um, I think if you had to kind of describe a sports organization in Kansas City as the House of Wax, it would probably be the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you're saying the movie was not great. No, no, a- absolutely not. The uh, the expectations were low and those were still not met. So <laughs> that, I feel like that's why it kind of fits right now, especially after, you know, the the team across the way. They uh, they did pretty good on Saturday, you know? Yeah, I, I think we've been spoiled to it. I mean, uh, 10 straight years of winning seasons. Or is that right? And then yes. the last seven division titles, which it, it you almost get, t- you know, tired of it a little bit like but. I mean, I grew up with the Chiefs being god awful in the 80s, <laughs> and you know, even in the 90s, they were very good, but not a team that you that you were scared of in the playoffs. Obviously, they had a lot of playoff, uh, you know, uh, heartbreak. Um, mm-hmm. So to have, you know, my, I was talking to my son, who's really getting really into football as a teenager now. And I was like, this is not normal. This is, you know, don't get used to this. The yeah, teams no don't doubt. do this. Uh, you know, they don't host four straight AFC championship games. And we'll see if, you know, I guess they're not going to host this year because of, uh, uh, you know, extenuating circumstances. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is a team that is, a, you know, the, 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 the target's on their back every year now. And I'm like, that's not what uh, I grew up with with the Chiefs. So, you know, enjoy it while it lasts because, you know, sports, it, you know, you're on top one day and, and yeah, and uh, the next day you're saying you know your your old news. Uh, I think Mahomes has a little more staying power than that, but uh, we'll have to see how long it lasts. Exactly, exactly. And speaking of staying power, uh, we'll revert back to our side of the uh, of the parking lot over here. Let's talk about some Royals. So the guy who probably has the most staying power in Kansas City right now is going to be Bobby Witt Jr. Um, the, the reason why I bring him up to start off the show today, Max, is that MLB.com put out an article listing out each team's extension, like best extension candidate. Um, and the Royals, theirs was listed as Bobby Witt Jr., a guy who they have under club control for quite a few more years. Uh, Max, would you be opposed to the Royals extending Bobby Witt Jr. now or should they have done that yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think any Royals fan would want uh, the Royals to extend Wit at this point. Even you know, even those that see some flaws to his game, like myself, I see some you know holes in his game. But uh, even a flawed player with his talent level and his the ability to do what he can do with the power and the speed, and I think the defense will come. Yeah, that's a super valuable player that you want to tie up for the next six seven years. Let alone you know the star potential, and you know he's a kid that kind of you know, son of a major leaguer. I think he kind of gets the pro sports game. Like he says the right things. He, he knows how to conduct himself. A lot of his teammates seem pretty impressed with his, 
kind of poise. So he doesn't seem like a guy, the kind of guy that if you give him a hundred million dollars, like he'll just crash and burn and not work hard anymore. I think he kind of understands the grind a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I think we'd love to see a long-term contract. Now, will it happen? Should it have happened already? Yeah, those are good questions. Uh, the fact that he hasn't signed one already after one year, because um, I'm sure the Royals would be interested in it at the right price. Yeah. Um, but that makes me think, you know, it's it's probably not in the works right now. Uh, and and things can change. We've seen, you know, gosh, you know, what a what a, a model organization the Braves are right now, locking mm, all oh, their yeah. young players up to long term deals. Austin Riley and uh, uh, Michael Harris and uh, and 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 Sean Murphy now, who they acquired from the A's. I mean, it's just really. Uh, you know, amazing that, that these Braves fans can just count on these players being there for the next five, six years. Um, and, you know, that's a model for a team like the Royals. If the, if the Braves can do it, I know the Braves have a lot more resources, but ultimately we're not talking about, you know, Carlos Correa money, you know, or like Aaron Judge money. This is, you know, much low that, you know, a lot of smaller market teams should be able to afford to lock up their young players. Um, but, you know, like I said, Bobby Witt's the son of a former major leaguer. He already get, received a substantial bonus when he signed as an amateur. Um, so he's not, you know, some of these situations, you know, honestly, the teams kind of leverage their position against these players who have never earned any money to kind of get a favorable club deal. Um, that's, I don't think that's going to be the case with Witt. I think he's more likely to bet on himself. And while he had a good rookie year, he didn't have a great rookie year. Um, so, you know, maybe saying, thinking, okay, if I improve my defense, draw a few more walks, maybe hit 30 home runs next year, then, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm worth, you know, $200 million, you know? So, uh, and, and that's, that's what he can expect when he becomes a free agent. So, you know, he's kind of pricing himself out of the Royals, uh, market, uh, the better he gets. So you, that's why you want to go there. You, you want to get him early on. You want to get him really before, you know, mm -hmm. before you really know what you're going to get, which, yeah, there's a lot of risk with that. Because maybe it doesn't pan out, but um, you 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 pay less with the, with more risk. So um, I don't, I don't expect a deal with him to be done before he's a free agent. Um, I kind of think that these the six years we've got under the reserve clause is kind of the six years we've got with Bobby Wood Jr. I think I think they'll make an effort to retain him. I think they'll make an effort to sign him to a long term deal. I just don't know that he has that same um, you know motivation on his side. Not that he's you know, doesn't like Kansas city or anything like that, but I think he just sees him. I think he believes a lot of himself. He's, he's been, he was Gatorade high school player of the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's a very talented young man and he should be kind of confident in his abilities. And I think he's going to try to, to kind of, you know, get his fair market value. Um, and, and honestly, until the Royals prove that they're a winner, um, maybe you don't want to tie yourself down to this organization. You want to see where the ownership goes with this team. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I think it makes the most sense to time up to long-term deal, I, you know, whether or not it happens or not. Uh, we'll see. I, I did write a predictions article this week about, you know, predictions for 2023. And I wrote that uh, there's a Royals rookie that is going to get a long-term deal, but it wasn't Bobby Wood Jr. I wrote that it's going to be Vinny Pascantino because yeah, I think the yeah. price tag is going to be a lot lower for him. And I think he's got to be a, a lot more um, amenable to a long-term deal. So I don't know what would you, what are you, what are you feeling on these long-term deals and, who or what is, is, is going to happen with these, these rookies. I mean, I would, I would like to see a, a few come through. 
Um, I think if you had to give someone an extension, you know, Bobby Wood Jr., Vinny Pasquantino, even Brady Singer, those are the names that, that really come to mind. Like these are the players that you want locked down in Kansas City for the long term future. Now, I will say, I think that if, if you had to force someone to sign an extension, Bobby Witt Jr. would be the guy because his ceiling is so much higher than so many of these Royals rookies. You you have a guy who could be emphasis on could be a gold glove defender, a silver slugger. Like he could be one of the best, if not the best shortstops in all of major league baseball. Now, did we see that without a question? No, we, we really didn't. And I think that he had a lot of pressure put on him from day one. He was getting settled into the everyday kind of major league baseball grind, if you will. And honestly, he, he's still pretty young. Like he's still got a lot of room to grow and he's still got a lot of years ahead of him. I, if I recall correctly, I know that there has been some talks about the two parties having extension talks already. And I think they were both far apart on the, on the price. And honestly, I don't blame Bobby Witt Jr. You've got all these guys that are signing historic deals for both length and money. And you don't know how high that price tag could be in three to four years. Um, one guy that I think of when it comes to big contracts is um, Acuna down in, we were talking about Atlanta earlier on and you look at his long contract and it's so much cheaper compared to everyone else because he signed that before he proved himself at the major league level. So I, <laughs> If the Royals extend someone, I want it to be Bobby Wood Jr. I think I'm with you. I'm a little bit more pessimistic about the fact that the Royals will actually pay him fair market value. And, you know, I I really don't want just the years that we have Bobby Wood Jr. be the cheapest years, you know, like that's but that seems like the, the norm with the Royals, doesn't it, Max? Well, you know, I'll say this. So I, it's it's always, I think, exciting to get these long term deals. And, you know, it, it makes sense a lot of the times um, if you, you know, you get a play, a, a really great player and you're kind of getting it for getting him for below fair market value. Right. Because he's not hitting free agency. Uh, and so, you know, you're not you, there's no other bidders out there. Um, but I do think the sometimes these long term deals do get a little overrated. I mean, it, you know, if you're talking about like a eight, nine, 10 year deal, you know, like Julio Rodriguez, that makes a lot of sense. The Mariners are trying to get back to relevancy. He's kind of put them back on the map. He's a young player. He's an outstanding player already at age 21, you know, and, and his deal is pretty flexible, I think for both the player and the, and the team. So it makes a lot of sense for both of them, but the most part, you know, you're talking about these like six year, seven year deals where you're buying out like one year of free agency, maybe two years of free agency, um, and so, it, you know, that's nice. I mean, that gives you another year, Bobby Witt Jr. that you would have had anyway. But, um, you know, it's 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 also it comes with some risk. You know, the Royals signed Hunter Dozier to a long term deal. And I'm not saying Bobby Witt Jr. is a Hunter Dozier, but that's a deal that didn't go well. Um, and there is some risk. I mean, Bobby Witt Jr., um, his defense was not good last year. Uh, and I think it will improve. And I think he's got the, 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 sk- the skills to improve. But. We don't know right now. Um, you know, he could be a, a poor defender at shortstop and maybe he moves the thirties. Maybe he's not a very good defender there. Um, you know, he's a guy that had a 
on base percentage of below 300 last year. He struck out 130 times last year. Um, I don't think these are major red flags, but, but perhaps they could turn into, you know, they can lessen his value a little bit. So there is some risk, uh, uh, you know, with any, any kind of deal. I mean, if, if even Julio Rodriguez looked awesome. He could blow out his knee, you know, next year. And, uh, that's going to be a risky deal for the Mariners at that point. We see, we see teams kind of shying away for Carlos from Carlos Correa for that reason. I mean, there's an injury risk there. Uh, so I think, do think they get a little overrated, um, but for the Royals where they are with a new ownership who right now is, is not off to a great start right now, since they're being kind of uh, cheap with payroll uh, and asking for a new stadium at the same time. Now, I think that'll change next off season, but, um, until they do change that, that's, you know, it, you know, we're the show me state, show me, you know, show me you're willing to put the money up for these players. And we want to mm-hmm. see you commit to these young players like Bobby Wood Jr. And so it, I think it makes some sense uh, in, re- in regards to the Royals of like, okay, if you're not going to spend money on free agents, you got to commit to some of these young players and show us that you are dedicated to winning. Otherwise, um, you know, why should we spend our money on you? Why should we spend taxpayer dollars for a new stadium? So um, I think it would send a, a signal to Royals fans of like, look, I know players have come and go, come and gone before Eric Hosmer left, Carlos Beltran left, Johnny Damon left, but things are different now. We're going to keep these players here in Kansas city past their free agent, you know, free agency. Uh, we're dedicated to, to keeping a core together for a long time. Um, and I think that would send a message to Royals fans. Um, but like I said, there's some risk with that. I'm, I'm actually reading a book yeah. right now uh, about the history of general managers uh, in baseball. Ooh. And uh, there's a long chapter about Branch Rickey, uh, the you know, famed, uh, you know, he ran the Pirates, the, the Cardinals, and most famously the Dodgers, uh, integrating with Jackie Robinson. But he, he was a big believer in, you know, having young players and trading them away when they were older. He's like, once they're old, you know, they're not good anymore. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, you don't want old, bad players on your team. Uh, so sometimes it's okay. I mean, like, you know, we, we, saw Eric Cosmer and Mike Moustakas get released this yeah. off season. It, if the Royals had kept both of those players, you know, to the play, the contracts they ended up signing, that'd be bad. That would be a bad thing. I mean, they it were would. not very valuable players at all in the, you know, in the twilight of the career with their, with their multi-million dollar deal. So sometimes it's okay to just enjoy the, the player when they're young and then when he leaves and, and, you know, unfortunately when he leaves maybe, but, um, maybe it's the best thing for both both sides. So I don't know. Uh, I I would like to see these guys, you know, stay in Kansas City too. But at the same time, I don't want to see the Royals saddle with a contract that uh, for a player that is, is not worth it anymore. That that is true. That is true. But I do think that picking one or one or two of these solid guys to extend out to would be a sign to fans like that. Hey, things are changing. We are we're wanting to keep these younger high ceiling guys in Kansas city for the next world series window. And while we're talking about changes, if you listeners want to keep up with all the changes regarding Kansas city Royals baseball, please go check out RoyalsReview.com. Also Royals review is on Twitter and on Facebook. So you can find us on social media. We got all the best news analysis and updates regarding the, the Kansas city Royals. But before we go one on one more thing that, on that real quick. Yeah, oh so, boy. sorry. Yeah, no, no. I'm just like, well, the one thing I think has going for him is that he's young. He's very young. He's 22. So like you, if you sign him to like an eight year deal, you're getting him till, till he's 30. So that's like his, you know, most players, they don't really begin declining till 
you know, until they hit their thirties. Right. So even an eight year deal would cover him under his really, you know, his prime years. Um, so, you know, in, in, in the, you know, the Royals, they want to be, you know, they talked about emulating a team like the Roy, the Rays and the Rays, you know, they're, they're the, they're a team that's always willing to just kind of trade guys before they decline, but they, they did commit to Wander Franco with a long-term deal. Um, and so it, and because Franco is so young and so good already at a young age, makes a lot of sense, even for a cheap team like the Rays. So I think that that is what would make sense with the Royals and, and win if they were to say, OK, let's do let's do 10 years. Let's go. Let's go crazy. Go 10 years. You know, they're still getting him during what should be is the prime of his career. And you wouldn't think he would decline really and, and at the very worst, like maybe, you know, the last couple of years of that deal. So that does that does make it a little more enticing to sign him to a long term deal. That it does. That it does. Well, hey, Max, before we go on to the next question, let's go ahead and take a quick ad break. And we are back on Royals Review Radio. Jake Millahim here with Max Reaper. So, Max, we just got done talking about some of the extensions that possibly could come to Kansas City. But let's talk about a guy who could be on his way out. Um, one of the popular names when you look at trade candidates on the Royals is definitely Michael A. Taylor. Um, he he had a really stellar start to 2022. I do I do want to point that out. Like, oh, like, hey, this is this is kind of a different guy, but he did really cool off to close out the season. But he's still an amazing glove out there in center field. He's still a good contact guy for the most part, and most of all, he is cheap. And fans want to see Drew Waters out there in center field every day. Don't want to see Michael A. Taylor right now. Um, Max, I do want to ask you before we get too deep. Do you think that there's a legitimate chance that Michael A. Taylor is traded at all? Oh, yeah. I think at some point this year, you, you will get traded. I think that's a pretty good chance of that, whether it happens in you know January or spring training when somebody's center fielder goes down or maybe near the trade deadline. We'll, we'll have to see. But I do feel confident the Royals will not end the year with Michael Taylor on the team. Um but uh, like you said, he's a, a valuable defender um, and uh, and they have Drew Waters behind him. I think that there's some, some motivation to get him, get him done. I do think, though, and, and this is a little tangent, there's a little bit of a disconnect <laughs> with, with some Royals fans who are like, we need to improve the team, but we also need to trade away Michael A. Taylor, <laughs> which I, I'm all for trading away Michael A. Taylor. But he let's be clear, he makes the team worse by trading him away. Like he is a solid player. I think because he doesn't hit very well, I, I think people see him as not a very good player, but he is a very good player. He's a very good defender out there. Uh, and I think I, I like Drew Waters, but um, you know, he's unproven and maybe he's better than Michael T Taylor. And, and I think that's what you're hoping for. Sure. But uh, <laughs> there's been kind of like a, a, a talk among some fans, like we need to sign some veterans to make this team better. And which I don't, I disagree with. And I'm, I'm thinking like, well, if you're going to do that, then you might as well keep Taylor because he is, like you said, he's cheap and he's good and he wins games for you. So I think you kind of have to decide well, what do you, what do you want to happen? You want to go young? You want the young players uh, like Drew Waters, or do you want to um, improve the team in the standings and keep a guy like Michael Taylor? And I think ultimately they, they, they all end up trading him and I think they do want to go young, but I just think I was, I was I mean, maybe, you know, maybe other people disagree, but uh, you know, I, I do think he'll, he will end up getting traded. Oh, yeah. And that's I would say that's the two two edged sword of training away. Michael A. Taylor, like he is a he's a dependable guy. I would he had some injury concerns, 
um, in the 2022 season, but he is a dependable guy. You know what you're getting with him, at least contact hitter, glove first sort of guy. And that does have value on a major league baseball team. Now I'm not saying Drew Waters is going to be bad, but I'm also not saying he's going to be the, the next great center fielder that the Royals field. Right, right, Max. Like he, he looks good, but he doesn't look like franchise changing in my, in my opinion. No, and he doesn't have to be. I mean, I think if he's solid, you know, if he puts up kind of maybe Michael Taylor numbers with better on base percentage, you know, a little bit more of an offensive threat, maybe not as good defensively, that's fine. You know, having just a solid starter out there has has value. So I think that's fine. Uh, you know, as, if if he's just a, a guy, you know, because you need guys that are not expensive you know having a guy you know the um who did i say uh, mariners the mariners just signed aj pollock veteran outfielder for seven million dollars and he's a nice fourth outfielder but you know seven million dollars if you don't have to spend seven million dollars on an outfielder because you already have drew waters uh, who's who's fine who's capable then that's seven million dollars you can allocate towards relief pitching or starting pitching whatever right. you know it's fill out the needs so um i was just looking so i wrote about um and i don't know if you want to talk about this but i wrote about um where Michael Taylor could end up. Uh-huh. And uh, this is, this is a while ago, but so some of these teams have moved on, but uh, one team I'm kind of looking at is the, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, okay. They they have a big outfield and yeah, they do. they're, they're, they're Jonathan Daza, who's kind of penciled in to be their center fielder next year was terrible as a defender in the outfield. Uh, so was, Taylor I think makes some sense there. Uh, I, I think that he'd be a nice, uh, nice player for them. If they're trying to kind of improve their outfield and, help their pitching staff a little bit. And then the Houston Astros always seem like a team that's looking for every kind of, um, you know, edge they can get. And I don't think he would start for them, but he'd be a nice fourth outfielder. They could bring in late in games uh, Mm -hmm. to help out. And I know they have a small ballpark, so maybe defense doesn't matter as much for them, but um, you know, as a backup, he'd be, he'd make a lot of sense, I think for them as well. Um, And then I think the, the, the San Francisco giants, I know, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they were. I mean, I know they lost out Aaron Judge, and this is a you know Michael Taylor. Taylor's no, he's not going to replace Aaron Judge, but <laughs> you know, they they did get Michael Conforto for their outfield and Mitch Haniger, and I think Mike Yastrzemski is going to play center right now. But Taylor could kind of be in that mix and help them uh, in the on defensively in the outfield. So I don't know, just a couple of thoughts. I think there are. I think there is a market out there for them for him. Um, I think the, I wrote the Brewers and Marlins are also other teams that could be looking for center fielders this off season. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, I, I think there is a market out there. Um, and I think, I think JJ Picole is shopping him out there. Um, oh, yeah. It's just kind of a matter of timing. You know, what is the right deal out there? It is. It is. And I, I was looking at it just today and I really think that the domino that is waiting to fall is what team is going to make the move for Brian Reynolds, the all-star center fielder out of the point. Pittsburgh Pirate, Pirates. Like he's kind of the the big fish in the, in the pond right now. So what team is going to lose out on Brian Reynolds and for lack of better terms, settle on Michael A. Taylor? I'm looking more at the National League teams for fitting with Michael A. Taylor. I do think that the Dodgers would be a good fit. They're looking for a fourth outfielder. And they are, according to, you know, these big MOB sources, they are looking to stay underneath the uh, the tax threshold. So a, a good, cheap Michael A. Taylor deal does not hurt one bit. Um, I do. I agree on the Rockies. 
I still think that they are competitors for Michael A. Taylor. However, I do have some hesitancy about that simply because John Heyman put out that the Rockies were specifically looking for a lefty outfielder and Mike Lay Taylor, he, he bats and throws, right? So I don't know if that would be a sticking point for the Rockies. Like how, how important is it really to them? Because like you said, they do have a big outfield there and Daza, he looked really good at the plate at times. Um, if I recall correctly, he did pretty good against the, against the Royals at the, at the plate, but yeah, he just had some really costly blunders out there on defense. So maybe they'll move a couple of prospects for Michael a. Taylor. They've had a pretty quiet off season like the Royals. So I don't know how active they are on, on the phones. I do like the Marlins as well. Um, you know, Marlins, they're not really looking to compete right now, especially in a very, very tough division, arguably the best division in all of Major League Baseball. But they do have the pitching prospects to to make a move. They do have the need for a center fielder. So I, I think that there's a lot of teams even right now before spring training that could really fit Michael A. Taylor and could get somewhat of a return for for the Kansas City Royals. I'm not saying you're going to get a a top 10 prospect in return for him, but you know maybe get a get a couple of top 30 guys from a from a National League team. I wouldn't be mad about that, would you? No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I think you're right. You're not getting a top prospect, but yeah, top top 30 guy, maybe two top 30 guys, maybe a, an interesting reliever in someone's pen. I I think the Marlins do make uh, some sense in that they do kind of have some surplus arms that I think would be of interest to the Royals. So perhaps they can come together on a deal there. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm looking at the free agent pool for, for outfielders right now. And there's, there's really no one left as far as center fielders. Yeah, so yeah. if you're a team that's looking for someone who can cover ground out there, um, you know, it's like Jake Morisnik or, you know, are you gonna pay a minor league deal for Jake Morisnik or are you going to trade a, you know, a marginal prospect or two for Michael A. Taylor and Taylor, I think is the better bet to be good this year. Um, so I think that's, if you're a contender, um, and even a contender that maybe is, is, is cost constrained, like, uh, you know, the Rays, or the guardians, I think Taylor makes a lot of sense. Cause it, you know, he's only making four and a half million dollars next year. Um, uh, and he's not terribly old I mean, he's not a guy that should be in, in declining. Uh, and certainly his glove was as good as ever, I think this year. So, yeah, I think there's definitely some teams out there that could be interested. And, um, you know, I, I think Taylor getting traded is kind of the, the test to see if how transactional JJ Piccolo is going to be, because, you know, Dave Moore always said, uh, we don't shop players, which I, you know, I, I didn't know how seriously to take that because yeah. you know, if you're, if you're a general manager, you should be shopping players, but um, you know, Taylor's a guy, they should be on the phone with other teams say, Hey, look, we don't have, a, we want to get a look at uh, Drew Waters. Taylor is, he's not part of our future. You know, what, what, what do you have that you can offer us for Michael A. Taylor? And, and, and I think a couple of the teams should be at least listening in those conversations. Oh, for sure. For sure. Hey, this, this is going down a rabbit hole a little bit you brought up the guardians as a as a possible partner and i just want to throw out there do you think that the royals would try to pry some some pitchers from the guardians and specifically because brian sweeney is coming over from the guardians so he does have a little bit more of an insight into some of these guys who might fit the Royals better, or they might just not have an opportunity in Cleveland. Um, do, do you think that there's any, any fire there or am I just making up some smoke? No, I think you're absolutely on the right track. And I think that's one of the big advantages to, to hiring 
smart people from other organizations. They know that personnel. Like that's part of why the Royals were getting a little too kind of insular with only keeping, you know, people from the organization. It's like, well, you only know players that have been within the Royals organization. You know, you don't know these other organizations that well. And Brian Sweeney, yeah, you should know, at least be familiar with some of the personnel there. And so I yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, uh, you know, if he, you know, knows of an underrated arm or he's like, yeah, I know this guy. And, you know, if we can get a little more sync on his pitch, then I think he could be something. And like I said, I'm reading this book and I, I should re- drop the name of the book since I've been referencing it a couple of yes, times. Please. But, uh, I got to look up the title because I don't remember. <laughs> oh, Pursuing Penance by Mark Armour, a fantastic okay. book that I Colin Jekyll wrote about last week in his book uh, recommendations. Uh, I'm glad he recommended it because it's, it's very good, but um, one of the, one of the ways that a lot of these good teams find talent is like, well, some, some scout knows a guy and he heard about this pitcher who throws a sinker and, you know, we think we can get something out of him. That's, that's how a lot of these teams find talent. Uh, at least back in the day, I don't know, maybe now it's a little more sophisticated, but uh, you know, you know, to, to have a guy like Sweeney, who's been familiar with a lot of these pitchers, I think it's going to help if they, if they're interested in somebody in Cleveland's organization, and and he knows exactly what they do and what they what they their strengths and weaknesses. It's it's only going to be a plus. So yeah, I would it wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing some deals with with clubs that um, that people in the organization are familiar with. For for Brian Sweeney, that's going to be the Guardians. For um, what's his name, the 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 assistant pitching coach uh, Bove, uh, Bove, Zach yep, Bove, Zach Bove. Uh, the Twins. You know, he's he's with the Twins. Uh, Quattraro with with the Rays. Um, so yeah, there's the familiarities can be a good thing. It's good that we, you know, know some other players around the league who maybe they don't have a spot in Tampa Bay or Cleveland or Minnesota, but we can find them a spot here. Yep. That is very true. And case in point, we've already seen it with, with Yarborough, Matt Quatrero coming over, you know, he was, he knows how to deploy Yarborough and what really works for him. And boom, here he is in Kansas city now. So food for thought as the off season rolls along, we'll be, we'll be keeping tabs on any Michael A. Taylor rumors um, as they come along. Now, Max, we're almost out of time here, but I would feel remiss if I didn't feel like giving you, or if I did not, excuse me, give you the last word in regards to the Ryan O'Hearn saga. Um, You know, He's now the Orioles have designated him for assignment. Um, It feels very final that he is not coming back to Kansas city in one or two minutes. Could you give us your, your thoughts, your wrap up on Ryan O'Hearn in a Royals uniform? So, yeah, I was a big Ryan O'Hearn fan when he's coming up. I I like that. He had good play discipline and he had a little bit of pop. Um, And, you know, he looked good that rookie year and they just kind of, clung to that rookie year for, for a couple of years. And, you know, I wish him the best of luck. I, he got kind of unfairly maligned in Kansas city as, as like the, the poster poster boy for their problems. And I think a change of scenery would do him a lot of good. Uh, you know, it probably help his career a little bit and going to the Orioles. I mean, that's a team that kind of knows what they're doing now. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he does kind of become a productive player. And I don't, I don't know if the Royals should be, criticized for letting him go at that point. I mean, sometimes that just happens. Um, maybe criticized for not being able to unlock it here in Kansas city, but um, you know, we'll see, you know, he is interesting. He, the, they, they, they traded into the, the Orioles for cash considerations and what less than a week later, the Orioles designated him for assignment to yeah. put a claim on someone else, which, you know, they're trying to sneak him through waivers. They feel, they feel like they can stash him in triple a as, as kind of a backup if they need him. 
Um, so we'll see. I, I, my guess is he'll probably clear waivers and, and play a triple A for them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, it's, it's too bad. It didn't work out here. And, and he did seem like a good guy. Everything I've heard about him is he's a stand-up dude. Um, I know Minda Haas Kuhlman, who, uh, is pretty close with the Omaha storm chasers said he was a pretty stand-up guy when he was uh, with Omaha. And, uh, so I wish him the best of luck. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And I'm not, me personally, I'm not complaining about him going through waivers and ending up in AAA because the Norfolk Tides, the AAA affiliate for the Baltimore Orioles, are 20 minutes away from me. So I think it would be kind of go cool to uh, to go see if I can get a Ryan O'Hearn autograph after all these years. Maybe, maybe get a selfie or something. There you go. But, yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure hey. we'll match in AAA. I mean, he seems like a you know the prototypical like AAA All Star type player. Oh yeah. You know? Heck yeah. Well, I it wasn't even that long ago that he won like the, the triple a like player of the month. I think maybe it was two years ago or something like that. And out just outstanding numbers. So best of luck to Ryan O'Hearn, wherever he does end up. But as of right now, we know it is not going to be in a Kansas city Royals uniform. So I think that will make some fans happy and hopefully give Ryan O'Hearn the next chapter in his baseball career. So Max, um, we did say that we were going to talk about Carlos Beltran, um, but I would like to leave that for next time. If you had to tease the listeners for your thoughts on Carlos Beltran, what would you say? (laughs) To tease them. Um, Tease them. I'll just say that Carlos Beltran made the best catch I've ever seen live in person at uh, Kauffman Stadium. Really? It was in some Mariners, uh, I think it was 2004. And if you're a fan of the team around that time, you probably remember which one I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, he was a fantastic player to watch in Kansas City. It's really a treat when we have a couple of those players, you know, throughout franchise history. Um, so enjoy them when you get a chance to see them. All right. Cannot agree more. But yes, on the next episode of Mondays with Max, we will be sitting down. We'll we'll open with it. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame case for former Kansas City Royals player Carlos Beltran. But for right now, Max, if folks wanted to follow you on social media, where could they find you at? I'm on Twitter at Max Reaper, M-A-X-R-I-E-P-E-R. And you can also follow uh, us at at Royals Review, like you mentioned, RoyalsReview.com, where we continually um, write about the Royals in the offseason, even though there's not a whole lot of news right now. But, yeah. uh, you know, you know, there's been some good stuff about the Royals history from Bradford Lee, which I highly recommend. Um, Colin Jekyll, like I said, has a really good um, recommendations for uh, book, baseball books. So definitely come in, re, uh, you know, be part of the comments, uh, be part of our community, uh, because it helps the, the, the cold offseason go by much faster. That is very true. That is very true. And Max, I'm I'm going to say something, you know, kind of commend the the writing crew over at Royals Review. If if you go and you look at these multi-million dollar, you know, staffs, organizations, namely I'm thinking about the Athletic and the Kansas City Star. I mean, it has been a month since the Athletic has written anything <laughs> about the Royals. And honestly, even the Kansas City Star, the last thing that they wrote about was, you know, the Ryan O'Hearn trade. Meanwhile, they don't have you beat writers right now. <laughs> I, it, it, exactly. Alex Lewis still, is covering the Vikings and Lynn Worthy, who did a great job with the star. He's, he's left to join uh, the, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch covering the Cardinals. So 
Annie Rogers, the only beat writer right now. <laughs> hey, look, she, and, and she's she doing does a great, great job. job. She does. Yeah. She really does. And again, congratulations to her on the wedding. But my point being is the fact that you have everyone over at Royals Review and we've got, you know, four or five new articles coming out every day. Almost you've got Royals rumblings in your, you know, to start off your day. So Royals review, you get a lot of stuff and you get a lot of great stuff. It might not be what you wanted, but I will read Sonic the Hedgehog two reviews all day long. <laughs> well, I will. Something for everyone. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. But again, my name is Jacob Milham. You can find me on Twitter at jmilthaham. A lot of Chiefs and Royals content out there for you. But to all of you listeners out there who are still listening to me ramble, thank you very much for listening and supporting us. And until next time, go Royals. Go Royals.